It's load the box. It's day late, dollar short. It's Jordan. It's Will. It's January 9th. The regular season has come to a close. It feels like it just started, Jordan. Uh, we were talking before the show that the Vikings started the season with a 16-point win at home over Green Bay. We will talk about them a whole lot more in a bit. And they finished the season with a 16-point win over lackluster Chicago on the road, finishing with their um, second 13-win season in, in six seasons, the last time in which they won 13 games. Where did they go, Jordan? Uh, the NFC Championship game? They did go to the NFC Championship game in 2017. We all know that it did not end very well. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it was probably the most successful Viking season in recent memory. Jordan, I know you want to talk Packers today. I know we want to dish out a little bit of the, the steam <laughs> they threw at us last week, deservedly so. Um, but any thoughts you know, on this season finale? Anything you saw that surprised you or anything that gave you chills with uh, O'Connell leaving the starters in too long or anything like that? Or was it sort of just a, as it was for me, kind of a boring <laughs> Sunday afternoon game? Um, we're going to have to name this segment uh, and get a little graphic and, and all that kind of stuff for it because uh, we need to have like a, uh, just Jordan exposes Will's text messages segment. Well, I literally just make content by, reading your texts and i'm gonna be honest i'm not gonna find it uh you sent me a text saying that you could like strangle kevin o'connell or something along those lines um you know because somebody got dinged up or something like that and i said the same thing about dalvin cook i was terrified the entire first half i watched justin jefferson on every play and if he even like if he didn't get out of a route cleanly i was like oh that one is me like i was like you know like i was so anxious I, I, it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for my wife who had to watch the game with me. I, it was just bad, and I'm glad we benched him in the second half. I saw Nick Mullins come into the game. I got very excited. I got very happy. I uh, got a little nervous when Nathan Peterman got benched. Um, for, I can't even remember who they benched him for at this uh, point. Tim Boyle. Thank you. Um, I was going to say, I think he played for Detroit and, and Green Bay, so I yeah, guess Tim Boyle Bay. destined to be a Viking soon. But... Um, when Tim Boyle came in, I was like, oh, shoot, we might lose this game because Nathan Peterman isn't playing. And, um, you know, just, I don't know. Uh, my, my overall thoughts on the game, glad we got out of it healthy. Had a howl attack when Dalvin Cook went down. Really happy to hear he just kind of took an awkward cleat to the leg. He's going to be fine, is what Kevin O'Connell said. He said he'll be a full participant this entire week. So, um, you know, really, if I'm being honest, I – just kind of want to talk about, you know, the Packers DVOA and how that affects their draft standing. And, um, you know, I really want to at Peter Bukowski, um, you know, and, and at this point I'm trying to just get blocked on Twitter. I'm trying to not be obnoxious, like obnoxiously obnoxious, but I am trying to throw as much shade his way as possible as he is the, oh, the Vikings DVOA is not good, so they stink. And the Packers are actually a really good football team because their DVOA is good. <laughs> Um, and so I'm trying to throw as much shade his way until eventually I do get the block button because that is the ultimate. Yeah, the second it happens, there's a banner that's going up right here that says, like, <laughs> blocked by Peter Bukowski. Um, he doesn't know we exist. That's okay. One day that's he will fine. because we're gaining steam, just like the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that the Vikings and the Lions should have the NFL's attention as teams that I think are here to stick around for a while. But we can talk about the Lions mo in the yeah. offseason episodes. 
Yeah, I uh, I mean, to that point, I think the Lions, I honestly, I mean, I'm not like a Lions fan by any means, but of all the teams in the division, they're the least bad. <laughs> I think I think partly because of just the lovable losers nature and you hate losing to them because of how, how poorly they've played for the last 20 years. But at the same time, you also have to respect what they've been able to do and turn around and I mean, really the last 12 weeks pretty remarkable you start you know start one and six and then you end the season almost with a chance for a win and in situation if uh if baker mayfield doesn't uh lose it in overtime to the uh seattle fighting seahawks but it's um yeah i mean it's it's a strange sort of season it was a kind of a strange game to watch one in which it was like well even if we win, it might not mean anything. Um, I was, yeah, like I said, like you said, I was about to strangle Kevin O'Connell for leaving, leaving the starters in for too long. I mean, I, I mentioned on Monday, don't even play Delvin Cook, or maybe not Monday, it was last Wednesday. Give him one snap so that he gets it on his, you know, football card that he played 17 games in a season. Heck, have it be on, you know, special teams so Greg Joseph can just kick it out of the back of the end zone. I don't care, but don't make him get tackled. This is a guy that has missed games after games, season after season for various injuries. And when he tumbled to the ground after that awkward hit, I think all of Minnesota held their collective breath for a minute. Um, anyway, we got out of there mostly unscathed. Chandon Sullivan had a little bit of a nicked up, uh, knee, I believe, but he'll be fine. Um, so, all that being said, a win is great. You get your 13th win of the season. Um, unbelievable first season for Kevin O'Connell. We'll talk a lot about more about him maybe later in the show. But um, <clears throat> really the only takeaway I had from the game yesterday is Justin Jefferson's hair, man. It's oh, electric. Uh, electric. He's, uh, <laughs> I think he's channeling a little bit of the, uh, the Randy Moss of 2004 um everybody remembers it the moon game and at lambeau field um you know he flung off the helmet and he's got this you know massive afro and now jefferson's hair is more you know long and stringy and and puffs out at the bottom but when it puffed out of the helmet it looked very similar to how randy moss's helmet looked or you know, how randy moss's hair looked in 04 and i thought it was just it was it was funny i didn't know if he's you know maybe going for that look or not but um I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was. A, it was a, a fun, good look. Made him really easy to identify on the field when he was out there. <laughs> like it was like, t- typically Jefferson is is very easy to identify because it's him or T.J. Hawkinson catching the ball, and so he's not the giant white guy. But I, I did think it was it was pretty unique seeing that afro as I drop my little fidget toy that I play with during the show. Um, and seeing that afro sticking out the back of the helmet, it was it was definitely electric. I hope he keeps it for the playoffs. I think it will be – I think that's a good look. I agree with you. I like that. I also want to let you know, I don't think I, te- I told you this over text. Um, I stole that let Dalvin Cook take one snap and then get him out of the game take. Um, my wife doesn't always watch the show. Like, she will, but, like, you know, she doesn't listen to it. Yeah. She doesn't care that much. And 
I said that as soon as Dalvin ran the ball the first time. I said, okay, now get him out of the game. You know, now he can say he played all 17 games and, and we can get him out and, you know, keep him healthy and everything. And, and she said that was pretty smart. So, um, yeah. I will maintain that that was my take um, <laughs> in my household. But, uh, of course, the, the great people, the great fans of Load the Box will know that that's just a bold-faced lie. Um, I do want to talk about uh, kind of – I had this, and I text you sometimes because I come up with like a take or I come up with like an idea that I want to get on the show and I don't know how to do it organically throughout like the the context of what we usually do here on Load the Box. So I wanted to talk about like, oh, let's do like one overarching yeah. take to describe this season before oh, – like. If we win the Super Bowl, we're gonna look at this season with like far too many rose-colored glasses. Of, of you know, we're gonna you know what I mean, like far too favorably. Yeah. If we yep. lose in the playoffs, everyone's gonna have a bad taste in their mouth, and we're gonna be more critical than we probably should be. So I figured we played 17 games. Let's talk about what we thought about this team and Kevin O'Connell and this season and everything. And the reason being is because the take that I've come up with is the Vikings are uh, they play like an aging boxer in that they've lost the ability to knock you out. They, they just won't do it. They have two 16-point wins on the season. Everything else was a one-possession game. They can't knock you out, but they have such a knowledge of the game, of boxing, that they don't usually get knocked out. Now, occasionally they face somebody and they catch them with a, a right hook early and it's, oh boy, that was over, over quickly. But the Vikings this season seemed like a savvy veteran boxer that just, they, they knew when to, when to duck and when to weave. They knew when to counter hook. They knew when to do all of the boxing things. And that's what led them to 13 wins. And I really just like, I think you can win that way in the playoffs, but I also think the playoffs are when people start bringing out th their biggest Mike Tyson-esque uppercuts. And I'm worried that we're going to get beat 41-0, a la 2002 or whenever it was, um, against the Giants on Sunday, Sunday because like that's kind of been the Vikings mantra. So that's my takeaway is like, I like what we saw out of this team. I like what we saw out of the coaching staff. I expect I expect next year to be Kirk's last season with the team, um, bowing a Super Bowl victory, uh, and I expect a lot of changes to be made, and that includes mostly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but overall, I, I think that there was a lot to look forward to, and I think that this was a very, very solid foundation. Um, honestly, in a year where this might have been the last season the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, um, Chicago is picking at, at, with number one, so they're in re rebuilding mode. Th those don't always work, by the way. You don't always – just because you have mm -hmm. the number one pick does not mean you are destined to become a dynasty. That, that means that you are very bad, and now you have to rebuild. Yep. And if you don't do it correctly, you can still be very bad. Detroit – they are obviously going to be a threat moving forward, but I, I think the Vikings are, are right there and, and have every opportunity to grab this ring to, I mean, really be in the conversation every every year for a little while. What what are your takes on the season, kind of just overall where you at? Yeah, um, I, I like I like this idea um, that you came up with today of kind of looking at the season because it's not over, but we have very much you know this is the end of a chapter. Um, if you will, this is the end of chapter two. There was the preseason training camp. Chapter two is the regular season. And then chapter three is the postseason. Um, so I think this is a good sort of breaking point to do this. 
I mean, first and foremost, the season's a success. I think we need to acknowledge that. And um, we all know that Vikings fans will hyperbole on Twitter and everywhere else if if we lose on Sunday um, or even if we lose the following Sunday. Um, there's going to be freak out. There's going to be trade Kirk. There's going to be all sorts of things that um, people will overreact about. But I think first and foremost, we need to acknowledge that it's it's been a successful season. Um, I mean, would you agree with that just kind of general sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. I've said I've said all season long, um, we're playing with house money. Teams that get yeah. new GMs and new head coaches in the same season don't do this. They, they don't get, no. they don't win 13 games. There's a reason Kevin O'Connell is on a not very long list of people that have won 13 games. He's up there with like uh, John Howball and uh, I'm trying to think of the names. I looked it up because I thought 13 was the record. It's not. It's it's 13. But he okay. he he put his name in the record books for for rookie head coaches and that's not normal. So a playoff win. Yeah is just gravy on top of everything that's happened. A Super Bowl win would be unexpected in my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the Super Bowl odds. We have lower Super Bowl odds than the Chargers today, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um <laughs> it's maybe a topic for another day. But I think um I think how I'd like to sort of sum up this season is it was sort of a 400 level class for Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Menza in running an NFL franchise in that these are two very smart men. They passed the class, but they didn't pass with flying colors. Now the final exam has the ability to get them to a higher grade. Um, I, I E the playoffs, but up until now, they have definitely pa- passed the class. Um, and for, for I mean, starting with O'Connell, you know, the, the 11 one-score wins, the resilience that his team has built, the culture, the mindset, the enthusiasm, the team cohesion. Um, you can tell the state and the fan base is more behind the team this year than it has been in years past. You can tell there's a different buzz about the team, not only for this season, but moving forward. Um, And if you're able to go win the NFC North by four games in your first season as a rookie head coach, I don't care what your point differential was. I don't care what your DVOA was. I don't care what all those advanced metrics were. If you can go in 13 games in the NFL and win a division and have a guaranteed first round home playoff game, that's a successful season for any 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 rookie head coach, um, any head coach really. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Chiefs. I think everyone agrees are better than the Vikings. The Chiefs lost to the Colts, and the Chiefs only had 14 wins. So, there's. In order to be successful in this league, a lot has to go right for you. And Kevin O'Connell helped lead a team, in a direction where a lot of things went right. And on Quazy's side of the coin. I think he oh, I, one more thing on O'Connell because we have to we have to acknowledge he learned a lot how to win close games. He learned a lot what it means to be situational master. He brought a lot of that from him or from his time in LA. He brought a lot of this, you know, um resiliency and all that. But he also could not figure out how to get off the mat 
in certain games when they just got punched in the mouth three, four times in the first half. Absolutely. Um, that's something that he's going to have to learn from because moving forward, there are going to be many a time where you go up against a potentially superior opponent and they're on their A game and you are not. And you have to be able to make that a competitive game. And I have every belief that the Vikings will make their playoff games competitive. Um, there's not going to be any sleeping at the wheel, any sort of, you know, sitting back and hoping for things to happen. Like that might've, you know, gone on in the Dallas and green Bay games. Um, and they're not going to be, they're not going to be maybe playing scared like they were in Philadelphia, but moving forward into next season, he's got to be able to get his team to play at a higher level when they don't have their a game and they got to be able to play at a, you know, a more tough level in some of those games. It's an impossible team to figure out, right? Because they get blown out three, four times, but they come back from double digit deficits three, four times. So (laughs) there's not really a common thread there. Um, But anyway, I want to jump in on the, cause I like what you said. I, I disagree with your take, like the original piece of it. Well, you said like, maybe they didn't pass with flying colors. I think they did. Cause like, even if they lose on Sunday to the giants, as long as they don't get like legitimately blown out, at any point during the playoffs, if they lose on a walk-off field goal at any point during these playoffs, it, like, yeah, like they, they did it. Like they, you know, this is, this is better than where they were with Mike Zimmer. The roster is different, but like not that different. I'm excited to see what Quasey's going to do. I think that, you know, you brought up that they, you know, th- th- it was like a 400 level class and, and they're about to take the final. I think they're sitting at an A and they could just say, I'm not taking the final. I'm just going to finish with a B like a B minus and, and I'm going to stop my summer break a little early. I'm going to, you know, go work on the golf game and, and things of that nature. I, I just, I, like I said, I really like, I'm not tooting my own home, but I love that idea of like house money. Well, it is literally oh, like yeah. this season was not supposed to be anything. It was supposed to be, let's evaluate Coke. Let's see, you know, Let's just see where this team is kind of at with an offensive coach. And then maybe we, that, you know, maybe we're going to have to draft a quarterback in the offseason and we're going to yeah. have to bring in some new defensive backs and we're going to have to, you know, like we're going to have to retool in certain areas. And that's not the case. Like I'm, I'm really sitting here thinking like, yeah, the offense is fine going into next season. We could use a new DC and some new players on the defensive side, but like, I don't know, man. I want to. I want to shift it, and I, I'm not going to be able to talk about the Packers nearly as much as I want to, and that's okay. This is a Viking show. Let me just get one more dig in. Uh, ask any Packers fan right now with a gun. Oh, no, that that was almost violent. I almost said with a gun to their head, and that's too much. Put a lie detector test on them and say, would you rather have the Packers DVOA stats or the Packers advanced metrics? Oh, would you rather have the Vikings record and? This just their season, and every Packers fan will tell you they would rather have the playoff both and and the 13 wins over all the advanced metrics. Now that that's out of the way, it is time that we give the respect to Duke Shelley that he deserves. That man is playing out of his mind. I think I said I've said this like three times this year, so it doesn't really mean anything. But I think I said last week that like it would be a great week for him to get his first interception in the league. He did that. Finally, against his FOMO team, planted the ball at the at the middle of the Chicago logo. Um, really nice moment for him. Um, that's been like the highlight of the defensive season for me. Is that like I legitimately think the Vikings have something in Duke Shelley going into next season. 
And I'm incredibly hyped about it because he is just not your prototypical Kono. And I love guys like that. Like he's, he's too small. He's not good enough. Screw you. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to play like one of the best defensive backs in the league, uh, you know, through the five or six games that I stout this season. I mean, his name is up there with guys like Saul Scaldno and, and the like in terms of like the PFF grades. So I'm going to pass it back to you. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I just wanted to, to give heavy flowers to Duke Shelley for what he's been able to do this season. I, I think it's important to do that. And <clears throat> also kudos to you for giving Duke Shelley your game ball uh, last week because he actually did get a game ball on Sunday. And he actually did have that interception that you predicted. So well done to you. Love him. Um, I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, to that point about, you know, the defense and, just maybe wrapping up a couple things on, on the Vikings and their season and everything. I think when you, when you speak about the defense, I think Kevin O'Connell, but especially Quasi has a lot of number crunching and researching to do this off season, starting now about what we can do to get the defense to improve. Um, I think a new defensive coordinator has to be looked at Um I think defensive pieces are going to have to be added and subtracted. I think you're going to have to see guys potentially like Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks. Um, I'm not sure where Harrison Smith's contract is at, but I think he might have to be at the end of the rope here. He still played really well this season, so he, he probably played shouldn't incredible, be in the but they drafted block, but... his replacement. I mean, they drafted Lewis yeah. Seen, and then they straight up said, like, yeah, Lewis Seen is Harrison Smith's replacement. That's why yeah. he's not getting the snaps when uh, – oh, no, maybe he was – I don't remember what they said. It's been 18 long weeks of a season. But, like, Lewis seen is Harrison Smith's replacement when he comes back healthy. So, like, yeah. I don't know that he's back next to you either. Yeah, and, I mean, you could go down the line. Patrick Peterson had a good season. I mean, some would say a great season. Um, Pro Bowl snub. But he's getting old and <laughs> – any more time on that body is going to make him just another step slower. And there's going to have to be some reckoning when it comes to the defense, because how it is currently constructed is just not going to work. And you want to keep some playmakers. You'd like to keep Hunter. Um, you'd like to keep Zadaria Smith if you can for cheap, all those different things, but how it's currently constructed, I think is not going to work. And that's frankly it's good in that we had such a good season and yet Quazy got to learn a lot about the flaws of his defense in the process. I mean, you have like the 31st ranked defense and you win 13 games. That's, that's a luxury. Um, The other just couple things that you learned about this team on the offensive side of the ball, Christian Derrissaw is very good (laughs) and he's going to be here for a long time and don't let that guy go anywhere. The other thing, you got to get some help for Justin Jefferson on the outside. Uh, KJ Osborne has had a good, you know, last third of the season here, maybe last fourth of the season. He's really turned it up a notch, and we'll see what he can do in the playoffs. Um, it'd be huge to get a burst from him. But Adam Thielen is on the 17th hole, and um, maybe Jalen Naylor steps up in the off season into next season. But you got to at least look at bringing in maybe a wide receiver two caliber. Um, to be the second fiddle to Jefferson. I wouldn't hate it. 
just throwing yeah. it out there. It's all over Twitter right now because he said, you know, he doesn't know, you know, if he's going to be back with Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. Now all the Vikings fans are like, hey, we, we take some Alan Lazard to be our, to be our yeah. second wide receiver. So I'm just saying. Yeah. DeAndre so, Hopkins anyway, might I think- be on the market. Let's get nuts. As long as he's not taking any uh, any performance enhancing drugs, um, and he's not suspended for half the season, he'd be I an interesting take, one to I, take a flyer I'm going to be on. honest. I would take DeAndre Hopkins for half a season. <laughs> I, I would take it. Like I, I honestly think that that is worth it. But I do think that was something that I was I wanted to bring up, and and we don't have the time to get into into all of that stuff. This is all stuff that you're going to be able to catch whenever we talk about like the off season and stuff after the season ends. Yeah. But. Uh, unfortunately for the league, the Vikings are very much still alive at this moment. Wednesday night, we will be doing a show uh, talking about the New York football giants uh, coming to U.S. Bank Stadium, saying that we're not loud, by the way, which seems like a foolish thing to say um, before a playoff game. But, you know, I'm not... I don't know. I said it was foolish for Jair Alexander to say stuff, and then they put 16 people on him in the game. So... um, and happened to shut him down. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know anything. But um, I'm trying to think of – let me pass it off to you because you kicked us off, so I'll get us out. So I'm going to pass it off to you really quickly for final thoughts, and then uh, and then I'll give mine, and, and we'll get out of here and, and talk to everybody on Wednesday for a playoff game. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's exciting. It's, it's the first Vikings home playoff game since the Minneapolis Miracle. Um so if you are going to the game on Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, wear your purple, wear your white, but most importantly, be very loud yep. and make sure the Giants and their um, their loudmouth offensive lineman, can't remember his name, sir, um, but you know, leave, the, leave the disrespectful words at home and bring, bring your noise, bring your noisemakers, bring your loud voice because... It's going to be rocking. Uh, the last time the Vikings played the Giants, I think everyone remembers, was just a couple weeks ago, Christmas Eve. Craig Joseph, 61-yard field goal to walk it off. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think, like you said, Jordan, win or lose, the season's been a success, so let's go play with some of this house money and see what we can do. Yeah, I love it. Um that was the wonderful Will Goodwin. Um, follow him on Twitter at Will Bad Lose, the best Twitter handle in the entire game. Check out the Bad Loser blog as well. as uh, And then also, uh, while you're poking around on the internet reading about spouts, uh, check out VikingsTeotari.com uh, for all your Vikings takes. Check out Unified Athletic Whale uh, for any of your uniforms that you might be needing. And then also follow the show at LTB Vikings. Okay, I'm done. Um, Yeah, like Will said, uh, if you're going to the game on Sunday, uh, make sure to be loud, make sure to be raucous, don't let Daniel, you know, make them bound timeouts, make them take delay of games. Like, I think that that's such an important, that's why you want the home field advantage in the playoffs. It's that way your fans can have an impact on the game and they don't have to sit at home and get frustrated whenever your team is the team that jumps off sides or doesn't get the snap count or, or, you know, gets a delay of game, whatever the case is. So, um, be loud. Also, you know, make sure, like I've said, I think twice now, uh, Wednesday, we will be live on the load the box YouTube channel. Um, just make sure to check it out. We're going to be talking about that giants game and everything that it will entail. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it'll only be the second time in load the box history that 
we will get to talk about playoff football. So this is, you know, this is, this is fun. This is, this, we're having a good time and none of us are anxious at all. Um, but it legitimately, it's going to be fun. Make sure to tune in for the, uh, for the breakdown and the matchups and, uh, see if anything changes from the last time we played them because it is a unique situation having to play a team that you just played, you know, two or three weeks ago. Um, now having them come back to your stadium to do it all over again. So uh, tune in on Wednesday night. I've been Jeldon Hawthorne. He's been Will Goodwin. Uh, Skull, y'all.